Hello, America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. And as you can instantly tell, I am not Sean Hannity. Sean is finishing up an extremely well-deserved Christmas vacation and will return after New Year's tanned, rested, and ready to go for the craziness of 2022 that lies ahead. Oh, boy. I am Jeffrey Lord of the podcast The Word of the Lord and my website, thejeffreylord.com. I'm also a contributing editor of The American Spectator and a columnist for Newsbusters, the great media research center site that covers the liberal media. We are going to have some great guests today, including Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs, James O'Keefe of Project Veritas, who has scored a terrific uh, Christmas Eve victory when a New York State judge ordered the New York Times to return internal Project Veritas documents. He's also got another scoop here that is just stunning that we're going to talk to James about. But first, oh, oh, wait, wait. First, there, there's, there's somebody. So, so first of all, I was going to say, be. where's my first of all? <laughs> I don't know what this first, first, or as my mother likes to the say, the great in the first Linda place. McLaughlin, who is <laughs> sitting over uh, somewhere, saying, "How did he get in the building?" I tell you, they just let anybody in these days. You know, Man. New York is very suspect, and now it's confirmed. I'm like, how did you get in? Man, they let they, you all the way up. They huh? want. They not only wanted my Vax card, my driver's license. They wanted me to go back You're to so Massachusetts sh- and get my <laughs> um, birth birth certificate, get my social security. Oh, you know, all of this sort of thing. It's just terrible. And, and then they shrugged and said, "That's what Linda said." Yeah, exactly. They were like, "Oh yeah, we know her. Yeah, everybody's very familiar with her. She's so friendly when she comes." <laughs> Well, we do can't. really have a great show today, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. And Sean, and I know everybody misses Sean, but uh, uh, we are going to be unbelievably crazy next year with 2022, and I think it's going to be a very good year, as we learned uh, a little bit about in Virginia the other week. So uh, on we go, and it will be uh, after New Year's uh, in very short order, and Sean will be back. So thank you, Linda. And now let's let me just uh, start out by talking about the news that emerged as Christmas Eve Eve dawned last week. That news, as reported by Fox, was that Pennsylvania Republican Congressman Scott Perry announced that he was refusing to appear before the January 6th committee. Congressman Perry is chairman of the House Freedom Caucus and, full disclosure, my own congressman, where he does a fabulous job representing his constituents of the 10th Pennsylvania District. Congressman Perry's refusal to cooperate is a big deal because unlike former Trump aide Steve Bannon and ex-Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Scott Perry is a sitting member of Congress. And that makes a big deal. Um, The idea that the House of Representatives would even think of issuing a subpoena to one of its own members has simply not been done before. But if, in fact, I would suggest, the sham that is the January 6th committee does, in fact, issue a subpoena to Congressman Perry, then Katie, bar the door. This would instantly, instantly and correctly lead to Republican demands, I would believe, that the committee subpoena not only Speaker Nancy Pelosi, but committee member and Democrat Maryland Congressman Jamie Raskin. Why? Nancy Pelosi as Speaker... And Jamie Raskin, as uh, a member not only of the January 6th committee, but he is the senior Democrat on the House Administration Committee, they both have a direct responsibility for the security of the Capitol building and the surrounding Capitol complex. 
on the face of it, neither did their job of securing the Capitol. Thus, if a subpoena is issued for Congressman Perry, that should open the door for Republican demands to know what Pelosi and Raskin and their staffs knew about what would and did happen on January 6th, and when did they know it, and most importantly, what did they do about it. In fact, the House Administration Committee, on which Raskin serves, specifically say this, says this about its responsibilities. And I'm quoting directly from their description of their responsibilities. Quote, Another major preoccupation since the 2001 terrorist attacks and Capitol Hill anthrax attacks has been improving security on the House side of the complex while maintaining a high level of accessibility for citizens. In its role as overseer of House security, the committee has worked closely with the Capitol Police. One of the committee's first challenges was to coordinate resources to secure the campus, facilitate evacuations when necessary, and suggest alternate locations for Congress to meet. Along with providing updated communications equipment to members and staff, the committee also provided congressional offices with a campus-wide network for the announcement of emergency broadcasts, unquote. You got all that? That's uh, bureaucratic language for the speaker and Mr. Raskin and others are uh, in charge of capital security. So the obvious question is, what did Pelosi and Raskin do? If they, as required, worked closely with the Capitol Police, what specifically did they do to secure the Capitol? And what did they not do? Every single record of Pelosi and Raskin's should be subpoenaed if we're going to go down this road, just as they are demanding of the committee's Republican targets, their own text, emails, phone records, and those of their staff should be requested. According to Politico, the January 6th committee has notified nearly three dozen companies, communication companies, including Verizon, T-Mobile, Gab, Discord, and Twitter, to preserve the records of those they are investigating. That list of those they are investigating should now be expanded to include Pelosi and Raskin. And for that matter, every member of the January 6th committee itself to see what they were saying during the run-up to all of this. As Sean has often said, the tip of that, the tip-off that the January 6th committee was going to be a sham, a political witch hunt, was when Speaker Pelosi violated the norms of the House by denying Republican leader Kevin McCarthy his two picks for the Republican seats on the committee. Leader McCarthy designated Ohio's Congressman Jim Jordan and Indiana's Jim Banks, terrific members both. Pelosi refused the appointments. Both men have had the audacity to collection to question Pelosi's actions, and so she went out of her way to select Republican representatives, and I put Republican in quotes, Representatives Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, both, not coincidentally, staunch never-Trumpers. Shocking. Not. In other words, the January 6th committee and its members are the personification of the Queen in Alice in Wonderland, who demanded sentence first, verdict afterwards. Decades ago, the Austrian economist Ludwig von Mies in his classic Socialism and Economic and Sociological Analysis, said, those of who, said this of those who, like Pelosi and her lynch mob that is the January 6th committee, quote, they are utterly intolerant zealots 
They entirely disregard the possibility that there could arise with disagreement with regard to the question of what is right and expedient and what is not. They advocate advocate enlightened despotism, convinced that the enlightened despot will in every detail comply with their own opinion. They are utterly intolerant and are not prepared to allow any discussion. Every advocate of the left is a potential dictator. What he, and I would add today, she, plans is to deprive all other men of all their rights and to establish his or her own friends, unrestricted omnipotence, unquote. That is exactly a description of the January 6th committee, its members and its real leader, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and the talk of subpoenaing sitting Congressman Scott Perry, but not Pelosi herself, is the proof of this rancid political pudding. Now let's talk uh, about one other thing here that we're going to get into later today. The liberal media, as the late comedian Joan Rivers, comedian Joan Rivers used to say, can we talk? As you know, our friend Sean Hannity refers frequently to what he calls the media mob, giving chapter and verse to illustrate that journalism is dead. Sean is exactly right. And what always amazes me is that the mob and the media never seems to realize that the most damage they cause is to themselves and their own credibility. Along these lines, I asked this question the other day in a Newsbusters column. Question, what do Trump-Russia collusion, Covington, Kentucky high schooler Nicholas Sandman, the BLM riots of 2020, January 6th, and Kyle Rittenhouse all have in common? Answer, all were presented to the American people by the mainstream media through the lens of a liberal narrative. Long gone was news presented in the fashion of that once famous line from the old Dragnet TV show where Sergeant Joe Friday inquiring into a crime says to a witness, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. In today's media world, that line has been replaced by just the liberal narrative, man, just the liberal narrative. Thus it is that the liberal narrative, and we're going to have a conversation about this in a bit with our friend Sean Spicer. Thus it is that the liberal narrative, not the facts, dictated that President Trump must be portrayed as having colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election, when in fact it wasn't a fact at all. It was, in fact, Hillary Clinton's campaign that was paying for the infamous dossier. Thus it was that all those riots in 2020 that resulted in death, looting, burning, and destruction were really described as mostly peaceful, quote-unquote. Thus it was that perfectly decent high schoolers Sandman and Rittenhouse had to be portrayed falsely as racist brats. And but, of course, the riot by a relative handful of -of out-of-control protesters and a massive and peaceful crowd of tens of thousands at the Capitol on January 6th had to be portrayed as a, quote, insurrection, unquote, with the U.S. government itself supposedly hanging by a thread, with a coup attempt incited by President Trump under the way. Wow, talk about the big lie. The results of all this garbage is that the American people, in true show-me mood, began to realize they were not being given just the facts, journalism, in any given situation, but rather they were being fed liberal narratives masquerading as facts, or, as the shorthand became, fake news. And as that realization set in, liberal media credibility took one self-inflicted hit 
after another. The audience for Just the Facts News from Fox, Newsmax, One America News grew and grew and grew, as did their audience and their ratings. At this point, the, quote, mainstream media, unquote, has done so much self-inflicted damage to itself that one can only wonder if they will literally survive, much less thrive again. Poll after poll in the last couple years, as reported by outlets like the Knight Foundation and Gallup Poll or over there in the Western Journal or a morning consult poll, have headlines like this. Most Americans say they have lost trust in the media. News media credibility rating falls to a new low. Poll shows number of Americans with no trust in mass media has hit an all-time high. Then there are the endless headlines that are network-specific, like these. These are the headlines of plenty that, ha- that are out. you can find out there in Google land. And not to be forgotten are the seemingly endless number that are media outlet-specific, most frequently CNN. Headlines like these. CNN's ratings are an unfixable disaster. CNN's 68% in prime time as Fox News Channel crushes competition in quarter two cable news ratings. Biggest loser, CNN's October ratings collapse to 661,000 primetime viewers. And oh yes, don't forget MSNBC as here. MSNBC is in more trouble than CNN. The seemingly never-asked question is, why? Because, in fact, the answer as to why millions of Americans are abandoning the media mob could not be more crystal clear. The American people have begun to realize they were not being given just the facts, journalism, in any given situation, but rather they were being fed liberal narratives masquerading as facts, or, again, as the shorthand became, fake news. And as that realization set in, liberal media credibility took one self-inflicted hit after another. The audience for Just the Facts News from Fox, Newsmax, One America News grew and grew and grew, as did their respective audiences and their ratings. At this point, the mainstream media has done so much self-inflicted damage to itself that one can only wonder if they will literally survive, much less thrive again. So stay tuned and we will find out. And you know, there's a reason why they hated former President Trump so much because he called him out all the time. I heard him do that as early as 2013 when I first met him. And uh, he kept it up while he was candidate and president. So I will be back with more of the Sean Hannity in just a minute. 